Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Inside the Mind of Miles. Uh, Greg, how are you doing today, Coach Eaton? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you got your master shirt on. I'm wearing my Red Tiger Wood shirt. So we're recording on Sunday night after Dustin Johnson has won the uh, the uh, the Masters. And thank you to Augusta National for uh, taking off that no yoga pants. Uh, <laughs> Paulina looked great. She looked happy. We all celebrated with her because that no yoga pants policy just wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I mean, it just is what it is. So, you know, as we look at this, that was a, uh, what a great, you know, 20 under in, in, in 2020 has uh, been the thing. Look at what I'm dealing with. I got a dog that's messing with me right down here. And, um, but, but having the chances, we talked last week about playing Augusta National. It was pretty cool. Uh, for you and I to to see that play out today, quite yes. a match, uh, quite a show we've got coming up too with Brad Underwood and Ronald Coleman, Chin Coleman from the University of Illinois. Two, two ends and Chin, don't forget that, Coach. He'll, yes, he'll remind. <laughs> yes, I. We will never forget that. He would not. He would not let us uh, uh, do that. Uh, what you know. Greg, and before we get to Brad Underwood and that interview with he and Ron Coleman, I like to feature an assistant coach too, uh, so people can get to know a little bit of a program. And and we've been lucky. I've got to have a you know David Patrick with Eric Musselman last week, and Clay Mosier have been both friends of mine. I think it's important to understand it. It really does take a lot of people to run this thing, and these guys are really important. But you know, boy, you see it. You know, boy, program after program are shutting operations down now as COVID is really. You know, it's something we don't talk about, folks, because, you know, I, I don't want to, quite frankly. But, boy, I tell you, um, I'm not going to bring it up with any of the coaches unless it's required. But, you know, Tom Izzo's got COVID. Uh, there's going to be more happening this week. Iona shut down, which means the Mohegan Sun Bubbleville has got a problem. I, Michigan just shut their whole operation down. Um, what do you think of all this, Greg? What do you think we're going to see here in the next coming weeks? think all the, every, all the coaches I'm talking to, they're just hoping to get to that first game so that there can be some sign of hope and that not everybody shuts down. I mean, to your point too, Coach, I mean, the state of Oregon put down significant lockdown measures. So did New Mexico. Um, the New Mexico football team has actually been in Las Vegas. Yeah, basketball uh, team too. So, I mean, they're, they're uh, we're going into some uncharted waters. And I, I do not – I don't en envy the uh, director of operations this year. No, no doubt. No doubt. That was my daughter just walked in asking for her mom. <laughs> Hi, Ava. <laughs> you know, it never gets still around the Miles house. We're, uh, we're here ready to roll. But, but um, I, I agree. You know, you just look at the way these things are going and, and um, boy, it's going to be hard, you know, not to have some hiccups. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I, I'm kind of torn because part of me says we got to push it back. Part of me says, I do wish the NCAA would come out and just say, listen, you're going to play 20 conference games, you get five nine. If you're going to play 18 conference games, then you get seven. And whatever it might be, so you have an even number of games going in, and you have this flexibility of five weeks, six weeks to get them all in. Because quite frankly, I think it's going to take that amount of time to get those non-conference games in if they're even possible to get in. And if we just back it up to January and try and have this condensed season, you know, you're still going to have hiccups after the first of the year until we get till a vaccine is widely available, which is in April, May. Who knows? Right. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was something where 
all these colleges, they're ending their semester early and they're starting the spring late. You know, I wish that we had seen more of the bubbles. And to your point about the NCAA, I wish that they had taken more of a straightforward approach to create even non-conference bubbles um, after this fall semester has ended. On some yeah, tried to leave it up to the universities and they put out some guidelines. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's going to be a fascinating week because we're, we're, we're T-minus uh, 10 days out, I think, uh, nine days out from, from, from knowing, you know, from starting our season. So hopefully uh, we can get this going. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to have Brad Underwood uh, join us here in just a minute. A great journey. Greg, you, you've watched the interview. Uh, what were some of your thoughts on, on Coach Brad Underwood and, and his program and where he's taken Illinois from where they started, which was, quite frankly, DFL in the league, uh, to a team that now is, is competing for a, a Big Ten championship and, you know, a deep, deep run in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, Coach Underwood's done a great job in the couple of years he's been there. I mean, he just reestablished that entire culture, and he's going to talk about that, you know, talking about the direction that he wants to take and the expectation level of being at Illinois. Um, his, his journey, you know, you, you look at how hard of a worker he is and the guys he's worked for, and, you know, it shouldn't – once you hear that, it doesn't surprise you, the success that he's had since he's been there. He's been surrounded by great people, but, I mean, junior college level – not such a great job level, you name it, and, and he's done it. So uh, with no further ado, Brad Underwood, Illinois basketball, and inside the mind of Miles. Enjoy, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I introduce to you to the greatest broadcast of all time, the greatest podcast in the history of mankind, Brad Underwood from the University of Illinois. Coach Underwood, thanks for joining me. Sam, I appreciate you having me. Thanks. Looking forward to this. Well, I'm glad you, you know, we were a little bit delayed in, in trying to record this because your iPhone, mysteriously, your Pandora had popped up on your iPhone. Is that true? Yeah, well, it just mysteriously just pops on. And, and of course, I, I, I've been walking my tail off. I mean. You've lost man, some weight, right? I've lost over 40 pounds. And, uh, but uh, it was, it's so windy here today. I mean, the wind's blowing like 50. And I, I walk country roads. Yeah, I walk where there's nobody around. And. So I, today was just a, it was an all music day. And uh, so all of a sudden I'm just sitting here and my Scotty McCreary uh, pan, on Pandora pops up and didn't know how to shut the damn thing off, but we got that figured out now. Well, I'm more iTunes and Spotify, but I will tell you this, my phone, since the iPhone 12 has been released, my phone is doing weird things. So I know Apple has got Big Brother has got control of all of our lives somehow. Absolutely, you'll have a new one. You'll have a new one within the month. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. You know, like you get a free upgrade. Oh, for five hundred bucks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sign you up to that new long-term three-year contract. Oh yeah, contract. no yeah. doubt. Don't worry about it. You're good. So, yeah. Coach, yesterday, big news by the AP. Uh, the Lion are number eight in the country in the AP poll. Now, listen. Don't give me any of this. You know, it's great for recruiting, uh, blah, my, my team sucks. How good does it feel, though, to take that program from where you started, you know, 12th in the league or whatever it is for a couple of years? 13th. Now, let's, be, let's get it right. 13th. Okay. Then we 13th. were 11th. So, and, um, and, and now have that thing in the top of the league picked as a potential conference champion and a top 10 team in the country. You have to feel good about the direction and feel like you have the traction you're, and, and – and you, have, you feel like you know what you have to do in the Big Ten to be successful. 
Yeah, I, you know, and, and I mean, there's, there's, I got a lot of pride. I mean, in, in terms of, of how we've done this, and there's been no shortcuts. And you know, you witnessed a lot of it. I mean, there was, I mean, we we weren't we weren't we weren't competitive, and yet Illinois is one of the. I use it all the time. It's the 11th ranked program in the history of college basketball. And you walk in our building and you see the banners and the great teams and all the championships. And, you know, you hear about the flying Illini and you hear about the 2005 uh, final four team. And, and yet we weren't even close. And uh, uh, so, and there has been a lot of struggles and it, it hasn't been easy. And, and uh, yet I'm really proud of the process and I got a great staff and, um, but you know, it's just, in my opinion, I look at it, we're just getting this thing back to where it really should be. Yeah. And, and Illinois is a really good program, unbelievable fan base. Uh, you know, now we got to, we're in a different light. We're, we're, we're the hunted instead of the hunters and chasing everybody down and, you know, and, and, um, and we've got to grow that way. We've got to continue to, uh, to not forget about, um, how we got here and, and, and all the hard work and what our culture is. And, and I hope we're going to find out here in a few weeks. I hope our culture's based on, on the things I think it is. And that's the hard work and the commitment to it. And, but you know, it's, it's, we all say preseason rankings don't matter to, to me. They matter. They matter. They care because we've been so damn bad and, and it's been so frustrating uh, in the process to get there. But a lot of people deserve a lot of credit. Well, if without question, you have plenty of staff and fans and administration and Josh Whitman that all have really contributed. And of yep. course, you're an outstanding coach uh, across the country and everybody knows that. But folks, if you want to know how you gain 50 pounds, uh, you, you take a new job, right, that, that you have high expectations for, get your ass kicked for a while you know, recruit, hire, recruit, sell, uh, uh, help raise money for new facilities and look up one day and you finally feel like, okay, we got this where I want it. And you're a wreck. You've got a new knee, you had a uh, virus in your vocal cords. And then you decided yep. I got to get myself like literally it, it comes at a personal cost. Doesn't it coach? I mean, you, oh, it's unbelievable. Tim, it's, it, you, you know, and I mean, you don't realize it. I mean, and, 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 everybody who's taken it over a new job and, and I've been very blessed. I mean, I've taken over three in about a six year period and, and there's nothing like first years. First years are oh. like that. You don't, I don't even remember it. Yeah. They're uh, and yet you, and yet, uh, and that's probably a good thing, but um, no, our last game of the year this year, um, uh, we beat Iowa at home. It was the place was electric, and I'm doing an interview at half court. And um, anyway, all the COVID stuff happens. The tournament get, gets canceled, and my kids move home. And, <laughs> now, and my, wait, college kids? College age kids, yeah. yes. So my my daughter, who's a, who's a junior here at Illinois, she looks at me and she hands me a picture. On, or shows me a picture on, after? On, on her no on her phone and it was olivia decker was interviewing us she was the the btn or sideline reporter of that game and she goes which one of your three chins do you think olivia oh. likes the best oh. Oh. and you know that hurts and but you know you look up and you go man i look terrible i was tired 
Um, I, I was, I, you know, like I said, I, year two, I had a knee replacement. Uh, I coached the entire year without a voice um, with, with some of those difficulties. And, and you're, like you said, you just grind anyway. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you look up and I've always taken a lot of pride in working out, but I, I, I was disgusting. And, uh, and we've lost 42 pounds and uh, trying to get this last eight off. And, and, but I, I feel better than, than I've ever felt, Tim. Well, you're kind of in the same exact position as your team is in your program, if you describe it the right way. You've kind of had all this stuff, and now you're at a point where you're close to your end goal, and you're, you're not chasing that big goal. You're right there almost being chased. You know, that's such a different mentality. Remember Pat Riley's book, uh, The Winner Within? Yeah, talks about the innocent climb. Absolutely. Where, you know, it's so great being the underdog and you put a chip on your shoulder and you yell at your guys, you're slobbering and just giving them the business. And, and, and all of a sudden it's different. Now you're going to, you're going to get everybody's best shot uh, when you're on top. And I remember Tom Izzo calling me, oh, I think it was after the 2014 season when we ended up getting tied for third or fourth or whatever it was and went to the NCAA tournament. He goes, you know, next year is going to be harder for you than any year you've ever had because expectations are raised this league. You know, the Big Ten, first of all, every year, you know, it's the best league ever. You know, I mean, it just yeah. – and we all know that. And it is such a good league. But what I always equated the Big Ten to is the NFL. And here's why. There's not a better scouted league in the country outside yeah. of the NBA. Correct. It's well-resourced. It's got great coaches. It's got depth in their staff. Every conceivable uh, thing you need in terms of data, information on an opponent – or training for your guys. Uh, you guys are at the elite level right now with COVID. Uh, you know, just the way you guys test for COVID daily at Illinois. Not everybody's like that. Other leagues right. don't want to be like that. But the Big Ten, like you could be first one year or third one year or in the uh, Super Bowl and not make the playoffs the next. And really, from bottom to top in the Big Ten, every night you got a chance to get beat or win. Uh, and it just comes down to a few possessions here, a few possessions there. Former Illinois coach Bill Self told me that's the advice he got from Jim Delaney. Practice the last two minutes every day. That's right. And it, that's unbelievable advice. That's something that we've been – we had 12 games in league play last year come down to the last two possessions. <laughs> and, and so, you know, you're talking three-fourths of your schedule is, is decided by a loose ball you didn't get in the first half and a charge you didn't take in the first possession in the second half. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's so true. And the one thing about this league is it gets – everybody always stays old. It, that we don't have a ton of one-and-dones. But, I mean, gosh darn, Cassius Winston was here. So, I mean, it seems like he's 80. He set eight career highs against me. Yeah. I, Every year he got a new career high twice a year. I mean, it's unbelievable. But everybody and, – and, and yet the one thing that happens with age – is, is you capitalize on mistakes at a much higher rate than you do when you're a freshman sophomore. They make you pay. And, and I, you know, I say this about juniors and seniors. It's the only time in your career as a player when you get to be at your peak level against your peers. And, and our league is always that. I mean, there's always – and, and it's like you said, that's why it's, it's really been remarkable what Michigan State and, and, and the Wisconsin's and – uh, you know, Matt's had it rolling for a long time at Purdue, and but yeah, you can you can um, uh, you can get beat every night. I think twelve of the fourteen teams last year were in the net top sixty. 
And so everything was a quad one or quad two game, and, and it, was, it was brutal. So one year we were, we were 11th in the league, and um, we played – we ended up playing 21 league games. I just want to support your data here. You know, we yeah. were 8-13 and 13 considering uh, we went to the quarterfinals and, and what our league record was in the regular season. Points for in those 21 games, we were 71.1 points. Points against, 71.4. Yeah. Three tenths of a point, and we were eight and thirteen. You thought we were the worst guys ever, and it just comes down to a thing here and a thing there, and, and that's what we used to always tell our freshmen. So, oftentimes, folks, you know, you you get a freshman or whatever, and they're not like you will dictate. We're going to handle this screen this way. Like you are going to. So, yeah. if this guy gets a screen, you know, if if Gary Harris is going to get a pin down, a wide pin from from one of those big old strong dudes at at Michigan State we are going to be right on his tail, right? Yeah. And then one time, one of our freshmen just kind of whips it, goes under, and whap, three points. You're and done. I'm like, dude, you, they are going to make you pay in this league, you know? And, and, and that's why he was a sophomore that year, ends up in the NBA, you know, one of, you know a high-level pick, and he's still in the NBA doing great. Uh, you, you just can't make a mistake, and that really sharpens your edge. But, you know, you weren't always in the Big Ten. You know, no. your, your first game – now, first of all, you have a lovely wife, Susan. Yeah. Uh, you're from Kansas, right? Yeah. Is she from Kansas? She's from Kansas. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we met in college. We met at K-State. She, okay. uh, and you, you went know, to play for Jack Hartman? I did. I played for Jack. And my, my senior year was 86, which was his last year. Gotcha. And uh, he had, uh, he'd had a heart attack. And, but, man, what an unbelievable coach, Tim. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, well, his daughter uh, was um, our faculty athletic rep at, um, at yeah, um, Colorado State. And she was hard enough on me. I can't imagine what the old boy was like. <laughs> I mean, well, well all the, all, there's, there's something about when you hear the name Iba yeah. and, know, and knowing that he played for Coach Iba back in the day. And, oh, man, those guys, those, I, I tell people, I mean, we had three days over Christmas break. We couldn't go home. <laughs> and I mean, we'd practice at six in the morning, noon, and six at night, and it was just like you didn't even think about it. You just showed up and and you you put in your work, and and however long he wanted to keep you there, he kept you there. So then, as you went on to coaching, you know, back then there weren't the professional opportunities like yeah, there are yeah, now. So you yeah. go coaching, and you go to Abilene Christian where you started, and then you end up um, and and a junior college coach, assistant, then a head coach. Yeah, yeah, the best, absolutely. Awesome. I mean, the junior college ranks were awesome. Dodge Other than, City is where you started? Dodge City. Dodge City Community College. Unbelievable league. The Jukes were big. They were powerful then. I mean, you had McDonald's All-Americans who didn't qualify then that went Juco. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was an assistant for one year. The only bad day was payday. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I was the – how about this, Tim? I was, I'm happy my, you got paid a little bit. My contract – I was the rate the uh, RTV audio video coordinator. So b- every day I had to spend two hours walking through buildings, checking inventory on film projectors. Overheads. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> and then I'd go to practice and and uh, coach a little ball and and uh, then I got the job. And now I'm 24, going on 25, taking over. A, a job and and, and I'm making twenty five thousand dollars and it might have been it might as well have been ten million. I mean I was I was coaching ball and 
good players and recruiting and, and I mean, running study table, handling the financial aid, sleeping the floor. Driving the bus? Or driving not? the bus. I mean, hey, my biggest responsibility was literally handing out the post-game $5 uh, meal money. I oh, mean, yeah. People, yeah, I couldn't lose it or the fellows didn't eat. When I was at – hey, when I was at Mayville, we had um, – so we did um, – pregame meal was two bucks. All right? Wow. So, so we went, we go to Hardee's, yeah. and they had a 99-cent menu. And I told them, you can get <laughs> two ham and cheese or two roast beef sandwiches and a water, and I'll pick up the tax personally. <laughs> and that was – oh, my God. You know, and we didn't always – uh, fair very I remember one time I took him when we were D2 we went to a, a Wendy's super bar oh yeah remember when Wendy's would oh, do yeah. super bars but we got food poisoning so my guys are running like literally checking out of the game running back to the locker room to puke and have diarrhea running back <laughs> and Sue City oh. almost killed us Briarcliff Trent Lovewell probably sent that one up. Oh, my oh that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, no. So, you know, when you start those humble beginnings, right, and then you go oh. and you get your Division One chance at Western Illinois to be an assistant Division One coach. Yeah, I mean, you, you learn to work. And, and, and Western, and, and, and I mean, I got great friends in Macomb, Illinois. And, and yet Macomb's one of those places that nothing's easy. No. The, from, the from the location, uh, the facilities – we bounced into in, in and out of leagues. When I got there, the league was so incredible. Dick Bennett was running things at Green Bay at the time, and 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 Wright State and Cleveland State. And then there was a transformation, and um, we used to call it the We Travel America League because we went. Tra think about this, Tim. Travel was that the VidCon back then. Yeah, yeah. Think I, about this. I used this. to call it the entire continent, not the VidCon. No question. Think about this. Travel partners. Troy State, Alabama, and Central Connecticut. Not Alabama. Think, think, <laughs> think of that. Now, if, if you've ever been to Troy, that's not an easy place to get to either. No. So, I mean, I was fly to Atlanta and, and, and drive and drive back after the game so you could get on a flight to go to Hartford, Connecticut. And that was a Thursday, Saturday. And then if you had Central Connecticut on Saturday, they would always schedule the game at 1 o'clock. So you got no rest, no recovery time, nothing. I mean, you didn't have shoot around. Oh, it was. Was the idea that you could get out of town that night on a flight or? No, they just did it. To they just did it. Old <laughs> advantage. And then, and then we had, and then we went as far west as Cedar City, Utah, to Southern Utah. Sure, Southern Utah. You know, and Oral Roberts and UMKC were in the, I mean, and it was a brutal. Oakland, I mean, probably I, Oakland and Michigan and Detroit. They came in later. Later. And yeah, and Buffalo. At one time, but it, it became, uh, I mean, I would leave on Wednesday morning and I would get home late Sunday night. And literally, I mean, I was, and, and then the weeks you were home, you recruited and, yeah. and you, you were never you there. Were, I mean, it's, that's it seemed like I was never there, but I spent 10 years there. I worked for a great guy and Jim Kerwin and, and, uh, you know, then we, uh, uh, we didn't. Well, then you the, got smart and you went to Daytona. Yeah, I got, I got, I didn't get the job when Jim retired, and there been an athletic director change, and and I went to Daytona, and and I still say this today, to this day, Daytona is one of the best jobs I've ever had, and uh, it was a great, great place to live. My kids were young, um, and and 
that, but it had it had some resources, and we were able to really recruit and be, be in, a, in a great scenario to win. Uh, great people there. And then Hugs hires me. Well, yeah, uh, then you end up back at K-State with Frank Martin as the assistant, you as the assistant. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and Delonte Hill. And, coach. And, and, you know, Hugs brought me home. And, um, you know, to my alma mater where I graduated. And, and, and that, was a, that was the beautiful part about junior college basketball. That was a 15-year relationship I had with Hugs that, that, that worked. And uh, uh, so – You have to answer one question for me. Yeah. And I think America wants to know, who's crazier, Frank or Hugs? Depends on the day. They've each <laughs> got their – now, Hugs is consistent. <laughs> Hugs is very, very consistent. There's, there's a great picture, Tim. There's a great picture of me. It's me, Hugs, and then Frank on the other side. And I'm telling you, if Tom Brady stood behind us and wanted to throw a pass, nobody would have got to him. I mean, we look like three offensive linemen. I mean, it's – it's. Um, and, of course, you played that team. You know yeah, – you know, you know, North Dakota State, we had a heck of a game. Uh, I think the 81. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Huggins won the game when he scheduled the refs, the Big Twelve refs in October. Taught me a lot right there, and uh, and Bobby Vedeker screwed us over by not calling a foul. Uh, <laughs> it was no foul. I watched him a hundred times. Is that true that that when you walk? Oh, so so folks, uh, we had a two for one contract with K State, and the coach before Jim Woolridge had left, and Huggins had come in, and and Hug says, you know, Timmy, I don't have to take this. Nobody thinks I should take this game. Come back up to Fargo. You got a good team. Uh, we had beaten Wisconsin the year before. There's no reason I should come up and play this, but I'm going to. I got to get the guys ready. But I'm not doing it with your refs. I don't need Larry, Larry, and Larry repping. <laughs> okay. He says, I said, well, we already got Huey and Dewey keeping the score. You know, and so, so he says, you know, I'll do it if we have Big 12 refs. So hang up the phone. Saul Phillips, my assistant at the time. Uh, you guys had three or four. Matt Fager might have been a GA. Um, so like four Division One head coaches. Yeah, I had yeah. Saul Phillips, Dave Richmond, uh, and myself were three Division One head coaches eventually. And so it was like seven guys that eventually, you know, that's a pretty strong matchup. Yep, right? yep. But um, so I agreed a bit. I said, Saul, what about, you know, I said, the Big 10 refs are no good. Uh, what about the, you know, this is what you're saying when you're a division one independent, right? And, uh, he goes, oh, big 12's fine. And then, uh, that was a savvy move by hugs because there was a no call on the last shot of the game that sealed the deal for K state, but hugs, I mean, benched guys ran his five out offense, which he hadn't ran as much that year. Um, and, and I thought that he made adjustments and made lineup changes willingly and you guys had been making three threes a game, made 12. Um, yep. And uh, Lance, what's his name, killed us. Lance Harris. Yeah. And, um, but, but is it true that when you walked on the floor back in those days, you know, K-State's on one side, we're on the other side, and all the students are in bleachers that go about 12 rows up, you know, a nice set of, you know, bleachers. And so all the students were behind both benches. And they were – it was a ruckus. Did they mistake you for Bob Huggins right away? Yeah. Yeah, that that was when the uh, uh, DUI chance. Oh, because he, he had left Cincinnati. There yes. was the DUI right at the and end, they mis- and they had mistaken me for Hugs when I walked on the court. And I mean, it was it was it was an hour before the game, and those those fans were well lubricated. <laughs> those students uh, for us, and I mean, they started chanting, 
And I mean, I turn around and, and Frank Martin's out on the court Giggling. working guys out. And I mean, he is dying laughing. And I mean, I just finally turned around. And I said that maybe they'll shut up. And, and I just, I just left. Those guys are harassing me, whatever. I, I go in and I tell hugs. I mean, he's laying on the floor dying laughing. Yeah. He thinks it's hilarious. He said, wait till I really walk out. And I said, well, you know, lucky you, it'll, it'll, it'll be passed, uh, passed over by then, but geez, that was a great, that was a great environment. You guys were really good. Yeah. We had a good squad. We, uh, um, I think we were 20 and eight that year and lost, um, five of the eight were one possession games that we lost. And it was like Colorado state by two, you guys, uh, uh, Oh, Texas tech with Bobby Knight by three. I mean, it was a good squad. Um, uh, Hugs after the game said, um, I love, they said, what did you think about the crowd? He goes, oh, I love America. You pay, you pay five bucks to get in the game and act like an <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, beep, beep, beep. Basically an ass clown is what he was saying. And, and he was right. I mean, I'm not especially proud of some of the things that were probably said, but at the same time, I wasn't running up there trying to stop anybody. And that's, that's, what, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's what makes college basketball so special, college sports, to be honest. I mean, is is you know people can pay five bucks and go have a hell of a time and 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 create a memory. To be honest, I mean it's a memory for me. Can't wait till we get back there. Uh, oh, yeah, is, we, is that the truth? Yeah, we we actually took a squad picture. I think your coaching staff with hugs and my coaching staff at the Final Four one year. Yeah, I still got that tucked away somewhere. I'll tweet that out when we do the deal. So then Frank gets a job and you guys have a hellacious run. Uh, do really well. Yeah, Frank's. Frank's the winningest coach in the history of Kansas State basketball in his first five years. Now, you think about the lineage of coaches. You know, we're going back to Tex Winter, Jack Gardner, uh, Jack Hartman, Long Kruger. Dana Altman. Dana Altman, Cotton Fitzsimmons. And Frank's the winningest coach. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Hugs, Hugs, Hugs was unbelievable. Hugs went to his alma mater to, to West Virginia where he is now. He left Michael Beasley. And Bill Walker, two guys that it, we had signed, uh, and uh, and yet that was they were both one and dones, and that was our worst record. Uh, was with that team, and and uh, but uh, you know Frank uh, Frank then left and went to South Carolina, and and uh, but you know we were we just missed a Final Four appearance. We we uh, Butler beat us in their first yeah their first uh, their trip. first Final Four game or five, first Final Four trip. But, um, God, we played so bad. I don't want to take anything away from Brad and that team. But, but I thought we were the second-best team in the country that year, maybe behind Duke. But, uh, yeah. Being we an upper, upper Midwest guy, you know, you always paid attention to Kansas State. The first college game I ever saw was Kansas State at Oklahoma when I was a fifth grader. Um, Rolando Blackman with the oh. lilac, light, light purple and the dark purple. Oh, um, they're the best. Oh, so good. And, and then you and K-State has been huge with Lon's Endeavor in Las Vegas, the coaches versus yep. cancer. Sanford Healthcare is a huge sponsor of that. And there's been a, like, what, 16, 20 guys and their families or their wives usually come That's out every great. year. That's where you and I really probably got to know each other through coaches yeah. versus cancer. We got um, uh, we used it as a as a as an opportunity at Kansas State to to get a bunch of guys together who like to have fun and play golf, and help and get started with coaches versus cancer and and Kansas State at that time, 
Um, some of their development people went out and, and put the group together, and that thing is just uh, – A baseball coach. Yes, and that thing has just taken off, and uh, uh, it's been that same group every year, and it's, it's been – I was sad to miss it this year, obviously, with COVID. I missed it too, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's been uh, a special part of uh, Coaches versus Cancer and, of course, Lon's involvement at Kansas State. And, and he's a legend back there. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of people very excited to – Well, uh, Illinois has a, great, has a great event, too. You invited me and Frank together yeah. two years ago to that event. And uh, you guys did a great job getting everybody together, raising money. Uh, and it was really a well-done thing. That was an impressive night that you guys put together. Yeah, we had about 700. You're still the you're still the the talk of the town, and in terms of your uh, your 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 activities and and no, it's fun. It's fun to get people up there, and and you and Frank and and all they do is see you on the sideline. Yeah, and they don't get to know you. And now you know everybody has a has a beverage or you know and starts telling stories and and uh, yeah, you know, Frank what, giggled like a big old teddy bear that night. You know, I mean. Uh, uh, he was he was unbelievable. I mean, and it was just you know it was so fun. You came in and, and got you hooked up with a couple guys and played golf. And, yeah, you know, right. and 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 uh, you know then afterwards we you know we sat around and just told stories again. I mean it, that's that's what that's what I miss. That's what COVID is just. Yeah, no uh, doubt those connections but, and 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 you know gatherings like that uh, were one. It was a phenomenal cause. Uh, uh, yep. Two, though, it's just such a, a neat chance for for people to you know do their part and then get to know, and then and then you get a chance to relax as a coach. You get a chance to kind of unwind and then reconnect with some of your friends and and uh, uh, you know after you uh, you know Frank obviously you know he's at South Carolina and he's he's done a marvelous job. Uh, took him to the Final Four. Uh, and I don't know when the time before South Carolina had been to the final four, but I think it had been a while. And, yeah, it's been and, a little bit. Yeah. And then you take Stephen A. Austin, Stephen F. Austin, I'm sorry, Stephen F. Austin to three straight NCAAs. And I mean, and like literally, you know, I mean, what? Uh, I can't even do the numbers 54 and two in the league or whatever it is. I mean, just run through it. Guys like Thomas Walkup, and you yeah. win in the NCAA. Uh, and you know, how, how fun was that now after what, 20, how many years of not being a head coach? Well, running there. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're trying to make it to the division one, division one level, level. But and, 26 and it, years as an assistant. Yeah. 26, 26 years to get there. And, and I'll tell you what, what was crazy is we had all of this success at Kansas state and, and I really couldn't sniff a job. And we go to South Carolina, and we won 12 games. And when I tell you that team wasn't very good, that team was not very good. And, I mean, Frank did the, an unbelievable coaching job to get that team to 12 wins. And all of a sudden, I get, a, I get an opportunity at Stephen F. Austin. And um, the one thing I will say, um, being with the people I was with, prepared me when I got my when I got my chance and I knew what I wanted to be and how I wanted to do things and and because of all the experience and and I like I said I've been fortunate Tim I've been around great coaches I've been around a lot of winning and uh, so you know I, 
I don't, th- I don't know if we're any good. They've lost their best players. But I did inherit a program from Danny Casper that won 28 games the year before. And, but all their best players were gone. And I'm stuck with Thomas Walkup. I'm stuck with uh, a 5'9 point guard. Two-time player of the year in the league, by the way. Stuck. Yeah, two-time. Two-time. Uh, I've got one. I've got really – my leading score back is nine points a game. And within a week after taking the job – all five recruits that the old coach had signed have now transferred. Oh. So, I mean, I, I, I go sign seven guys. Uh, one of the all-time worst recruiting trips and recruiting stories is, uh, is <laughs> I recruit a big kid. And he was a former All-American volleyball player at USC, got burnt out, went back to a junior college in Arizona, and plays basketball. He's from San Diego. Now, San Diego to Nacogdoches. <laughs> so I bring him on a visit, and now I have no players there. Now, wait. Is that Nacogdoches or Nacogdoches? Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches is in Louisiana. Okay. Good. That's Northwestern State. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, by the way, the first question in that interview is, can you spell Nacogdoches? No. <laughs> yes. I got it, and I nailed it. Yeah. Spell to be champion fourth grade. Well, I would never be this Stephen F. Austin coach, but good job. Uh, but I, we go on this visit. I mean, I know one one or two restaurants. We take him there. And I said, well, I guess we could go to a movie. And we literally go to a movie. We set one chair apart in the middle of us. And, and I said, I'm going to just take you to the hotel because there's yeah. really nothing I know to no, nothing no to do. I got no players. I don't have a house. I'm in a hotel room with them, you know, and it's like the worst visit. And the kid commits and he becomes a really good player. And, and it's, it's like this recruiting it's stuff. Crazy how, isn't it crazy? Oh, it's, how nuts. Work? it's nuts. And uh, he lives in Dallas now and is doing great. And it's, it's, it's nuts. But we had, we had a remarkable run at SFA. And, I mean, it was uh, the first, school's first NCAA tournament win. Um, you know, the last year, we were really, really good. Um, you know, Thomas Walkup had, had developed into really a, a, a NBA-type guy. And uh, we upset hugs. You know, that had to be it. special. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, some that, people say bittersweet, but at the same time, this is a guy you admire in that, you know, brought you back home, like you say, and then to be able to win that game, you know, what, what a neat um, time in your life. What a neat achievement, really. Yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, Huggs is, Huggs is working on 800-plus wins, and, and, and um, you know, we're a 14 seed. They're a three, and, and they're one in the country, and turnovers for us, we're two, and, and it was – and yet it was just – it, w- it was just our night. And, but, you know, the, 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 the thing I remember the most about that game was we get done and, you know, you, you, you do all the media afterwards and, and, and I, I'm walking to the bus and standing right there by my door on the bus is Bob Huggins. Really? With a hug and a kiss on the cheek. He said, man, I'm so proud. He said, you just, you know, and, and that, I remember that probably more than any play or anything yeah. about that, about that night. And, you know, then as the emotions of that, you know, then we lose on a tip in with 0.6 seconds to go the next night to Notre Dame, you know, to go to the sweet yeah, They 16. scored six points in 
just a short amount or seven points in a short amount of time, right? Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was Thomas walk up for all the great things he did. It's the first time in his career. He never dove on the floor for a loose ball. He tried to pick it up. And, uh, uh, but you know, we just, uh, you know, one guy had one offensive rebound on the season and it was a tip in, uh, with 0.6 on the clock. But, uh, uh, that was special place, and uh, you know I'll never for I'll never forget my time there, and, and we had a lot of uh, a lot of great memories, and then the opportunity to go to the Big Twelve, and yeah, the big timers start knocking on your door. You end up you have a nice run at Oklahoma State for a year, uh, great point guard, uh, yep. uh, and um, and and then Illinois, and spending as much time in Illinois at Western, and seeing what Illinois had done for those eleven years, that had to kind of give you a mindset when you had the opportunity to go to the Big Ten in Illinois, that had to be a, a different feeling uh, for you. That's why I went. I, I mean, the, 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 the footprint. I mean, when I'm at Western Illinois, Tim, we hate playing the same night that Illinois plays because we're, we're not going to have any fans. Yeah. They're all in champagne. And, and uh, you know, Lon and Bill are, are – Lon, Lon Kruger, Bill, Bill Self – or uh, there in that time frame, we came over here and played them in a bye game one year, and I mean the place is crazy, and you don't forget those things. And, and the orange uh, crush in the stands, the kids giving yeah. the other coach the business. Yeah, imagine that. You never took any of that, did you? <laughs> I think uh, I think we had fun. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I, I, you know, I used to try and jaw back a little bit on occasion just to let them know, you know. Well, that uh, makes it fun. Oh. Yeah, I have very few regrets on any of that. But, uh, uh, they're good. They were good. That's a great environment. And then the upgrades that have gone yeah. in uh, to – is it the State Farm Center now? I'm sorry. State Farm, they spent $170 million. We just finished our third season, full season back in there. Uh, now we've got 40-plus uh, million. We're starting in April. Illinois had the first practice facility ever built. Lon built it in uh, – it opened in 97, 98, and uh, we're going to basically double the size of it and um, completely uh, do it in 16 months, start in April, be done of August of 22. And, and you know, you don't spend $200 plus million on your program if it's not important. And, yeah. and uh, basketball's, basketball's a, a big deal at Illinois and the fans. And, and your so athletic director has done a, a – I mean, he's done a ridiculous – Josh Whitman has done a ridiculously good job – uh, you know, every time I turn around, I'm, I'm hearing about raising money for a hockey situation, raising money yep. for this situation, raising money for basketball, of course, football, hiring Lovey Smith and Brad Underwood, great hires and uh, pretty impressive stuff. And, you know, that, that, that synergy between a coach and the AD matters. Oh, it's huge. It's, it's about a real, those, it's not about he's my boss or, or that it's, it's about the relationship that's, that's personal and makes it special. And, and, you know, I'm appreciative of Josh because uh, you know, we're not winning our first couple of years and, and everybody's gets antsy. He doesn't flinch. And, and he, he stays, he allows us to, and lovey the same thing. I mean, they're in the bowl games last year and they've got off to a tough start because of COVID they're playing their four string quarterback. Uh, but he allowed us to, to develop our, our culture and, and recruit the players that fit the, 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 our style. And a lot of athletic directors don't do that. And then, you know, it's the old cliche. Coaches win games, administrations win championships. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's, 
that's something that, um, man, I, if that's the case, we're in great shape because uh, Josh has been incredible here. Well, when those guys and Paul Kowalczyk was my athletic director, especially yeah. at Colorado State, uh, and he was at Illinois uh, as an assistant AD, now retired. But when, when you've got those guys that you know are in the, the quote-unquote foxhole with you, uh, when it's a partnership like that, that's when, like you say, that's when championships become, you know, a real possibility over and over and over. And, and, and you know, your team this year is phenomenal. I mean, Io DeSumo, uh, Kofi Coburn, uh, you've got Miller, and uh, the, uh, a couple top 50 recruits. Uh, you know, you lose some toughness in Andre, uh, Andres Feliz. Um, oh, big loss. Big loss. Oh, no. Trust me. I, that kid is a fighter uh, in the best way possible. Uh, your son plays for you. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and, you know, but as you look at this season, um, when you have these high expectations, uh, uh, in your idea, you know, um, and we're like, we're going to go COVID free here. We're going to say we just have a yep. normal season. Yep. We, you can't control any of this. Um, your greatest challenge is what? Oh, easy. Eliminating the outside noise. Everything you just talked about. Uh, you will never, you'll never hear me talk about our ranking. You'll never hear me talk about uh, NBA projections or, or NCAA seedings or any of that. It is literally going to be uh, what we can control in the locker room, trying to control all the social media, trying to control – uh, our message, which is very, is really simple, get better every day. And I have a saying I use all everyday the time. Everyday guys. Everyday guys. And um, it's it's that simple. And try not to try not to uh, to look too far ahead, and yet understand that consistency, and that's what we're preaching now in practice. Consistency at, is is it's the thing I admire the most about Tom Izzo. And it's the thing I admire the most about the, the, the coaches, Bill Self, at one, I don't know, 100 it seems like, is their players, everybody, everybody gets up for them. And everybody yep. takes their best shot. And they're consistent. Yep. And, and they find ways to, uh, to win those games. And, and one way I know to do that is be consistent every day in practice and work. And, and, and I hope that uh, the loss of an Andres Felice, who made so many winning hustle plays, Boy, that, do you remember when he fought? Who did he fight the rebound for? Oh, at Iowa. Guards, uh, guard, I mean, they're two six nine guys. There was and there was a third kid in there, and he just rips the ball out of Garza's hands. Six two, six three, max. Six two. And and he's a very good offensive rebounder, gritty, tough kid. Goes in, and it's Garza. Uh, and uh, I forget who's the other kid. Uh, it was their two big kids. Yeah. Um, and just absolutely wrestles the ball away from them. Uh, to win the game ball. on the line, game yep, on the, game line. On the and, line. You know, I, yeah. I believe that show. I think I was in the studio for the Big Ten Network, and I think that was our highest-rated show we'd ever had, um, okay. because so many people were watching the game. It was so thrilling, and then of course the compelling commentary after the game with John B. John B. and Timmy Miles. But but honestly, Feliz. I mean, I remember that play like it was yesterday. So do I. And here he made he did one other play. He made one other play. Penn State's ranked ninth, and we're coming off the only game Io did. Iowa got hurt in the end of the Michigan State game. We've lost at Michigan State. We lost at home to Michigan State, 
and we go to Rutgers next, who's really good, and they're playing, and they didn't lose all year at home or didn't lose till late, and we're without Iowa, and we get smacked. And now our next game's at Penn State. They're ranked ninth, and Iowa comes back and had a Iowa had a big game, but there's a rebound and 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 Felice is is spotted up in the corner. Trent Frazier shoots a shot at the end of the clock, and it bounces off the rim towards his side of the court, and he sprints out of that corner, and there's three Penn State guys there, and he just lays out for it, and he kicks the ball right out, and then we run clock, they got a foul. And, yeah. and you know, I mean, it's just those type of plays that, in, like, we, like we talked about earlier, close to possession games. That, yeah, it shows up as – and oh, he had two offensive rebounds. Oh, yeah. So what they only won the game for us. Yeah, no doubt. No is doubt. there a is there a better and this is just a layup for you? Is there a better player late clock than Io Dusumu? No, peace, none, none. I, I think I you mean, gotta. I I'm telling you, there. I I I was watching. I'm just saying to myself, they got to get the ball out of his hands. You got to trap him. You got. I mean, then you're playing. You know, four on three. But um, I mean, you just can't let him. He he'll beat you. That's what I'm. So I'm the, sitting in an analyst chair watching, and I'm like, if you let him just do his deal up there, and let that clock run down, he's gonna make the right play. Yeah, and it's it's uh, you know, and everybody tried doubling him late, and he does. Then he just goes and makes the right play. Right play. Yeah. And 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 then you you know Wisconsin last year at Wisconsin, and you know they 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 get after him a little bit, and you know he makes the right play, and Trent Frazier in the corner hits a three, and and uh, but uh, you know he, he's you know, we, we leave him up there naked a lot be, just simply because we don't want to run a ball screen because we don't want to – we know people no, are yeah, going to trap yeah. it. Well, and, and, and let's just face it, like, because he, he can get by you, because he can make the shot and get separation and make a, a three, uh, he can make a contested three, actually, yeah. even on an uh, individual ball move. Um, and then he gets by you, uh, and he finds – you know, you help, and he finds the, the open guy and – then they have a rhythm shot. He just makes a lot of really, really, really good choices. He is, folks, Illinois is going to be a fun – Georgie Bishanishvili is – I'm just happy I can say his name. Uh, Kofi that's, Colbert. That's freaking impressive. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing what I can here. I mean, uh, that's uh, – Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I, mean, I, I just go Georgie. I just go Georgie B. Yeah. Kofi Coburn is another one. It's hard for me. <laughs> I, got, I got it. I got it. So, so um, I, I love your team. And the fact you still play some high-low, like some yep. – the one thing I want to just commend you on before we get to our ending here is – so you came in running the high-post Johnny Orr spread, fully committed to it, uh, end up running more motion, more transition, and more spread ball screen stuff after a couple of years. You play the Huggins, Frank defense where you're overplayed, forcing turnovers. You look at that. You, you dial that back, become more rock solid defensively, and all of a sudden you you had to make some decisions, or it appears to me, you know, that you had to make some decisions, had the guts to do it. Because um, let's face it, as a coach, you have two bad years, which your first few years yeah. in your mind. Yeah. And, and now you go in with a schematic change. Why, how, where, were you worried, were, were you – Tell me about I'd be, it. I'd be lying if I didn't say I was yeah. worried. I, you know, we won so many games, and we, and to be honest, I mean, we wanted Oklahoma State uh, playing playing that way, and yet, 
it would. I think that talks about the difference in the leagues. Um, it's hard to press the Big Ten. There's so many bigger. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, as you alluded to earlier, way more experience. Yes. Right. So, and then bigger ball handlers, just yeah. like bigger guards to kind of throw over the top to the other power forward that can really play. And and power forwards really drive the Big Ten. I mean. You yeah. look at all the power forwards that have come out of the Big Ten that are in the NBA or should be or could be or whatever. And, and those guys, I mean, now all of a sudden they're triggering offense and they're doing things. You know, Georgie says some of that for you, even though he's yep. a center. He can play the four spot because he can pass so well. Ca- pass, catch, pass, catch, make a decision. And it becomes harder to extend pressure, full court, half court, whatever. Do you agree? Well, yeah. And, and the, the other thing that was fr- – and, and part of it was – Part of it was we were young. Yep. But the whole thing came down to, the, to, to this. We were second in the country in steals my second year. We were number two. And it was feast or famine. Yep. I remember and, that. And I've always been a team that – I've always been a coach that I like to score in the first seven seconds if we can. I mean, we it, that's the easiest time to score against non-set defense. But then we start looking at – holy cow, how am I ever going to win on the road in this league? Playing that way. And we were 338th in fouls. Now, I will admit at SFA, we fouled a lot. But we also didn't let anybody run anything. And and, and it was the way we had – it's a way we could go beat high-level teams because we were so different. The the spread offense we ran was very hard to guard and prepare for – but yet I didn't think we could play defensively like that anymore. And uh, but last year we ended up 13th in the country in fouls. So imagine just going from 338 <laughs> to 13th. But uh, it, it, it was really hard for me early because I'm saying, okay, that personality is go, go. Yeah, well, and, and you see a team that's got a shaky point guard. And I just still to this day, I just want to crawl on his ass. I just yeah, let's exactly. him up. Yeah. I mean, we're going to turn this dude. Over. I mean, we turned Cassius over nine times in one game. And did you win or lose? We won that game. Good. We beat we beat him. And uh, but I, you know, it's always been attack, attack, attack. And now it was like, okay, instead of this being a twenty-five point win, this is probably going to be a fourteen-point win or yeah. twelve-point win. And the game's going to be closer, but at the end of the day, we were we were we were we were solid. We were down low, the best defensive team in the Big Ten by the numbers last year. Uh, it helped us rebound. It kept us out of rotation, and you know we were we had five road wins last year. And and, and, and to me, ones, it was not little ones, big ones. Yeah, and to me, it was about figuring out how to win on the road and yeah. and in this league. And I didn't think we were going to do that, fouling that much. No. Well, I I give you credit. I give you credit because it's not easy to make those choices and those decisions. And, and you do a lot of soul searching. You know, I mean, I I did it over in my time in the big 10. And that's the one thing I think that the high major leagues force a coach. And again, you know, when you're a head coach, I was, I've been at every league in the country. You started, you know, basically a a mid-major minus, you know, and then big 12. And then uh, you really cut your, your teeth as a head coach you know, when you're in the Big Ten because you figure, okay, what can I do to survive in this league? 
and, and do it well every night out. And you talk about that. Guys, I'm going to give you a chance. We're going to have a system that gives us a chance to win every night out. Yep. You know, and, um, and, and, and I commend you on, on just, you know, making the, the adjustments that you had to because they're bigger adjustments than just how we hedge a ball screen or how yeah. we handle a ball screen. It's, it's, you it know, every day. Well, yeah. And it's every day in practice is a little bit different and every, you know, just the way you handle things. And, and when you've done something for a while and you trust it because you know it works and then you have to readjust because, okay, let's set, let's readjust really what we're trying to be. Well, instead of just the one game wonder, and I don't mean that at Stephen F. Austin, yeah. but we're trying to be five ranked teams on the road. Not yeah. one here or one there. Yeah. How can we do that? And you figured out how to do that. And you I think the big, you do a lot the more biggest, this year. You know what the biggest change was? What's that? Scouting. Oh. I, we, I, used, I used to go into scouting and knowing we're denying and, hey, they're going to wing it. And I'd say, no, nah, they can't run that play against us. Yeah, now they're going to yeah. run it. And now they're running it. Now yeah. you're like, God. Uh-oh. I mean, it's like, oh, man, now we're – got a high-low. Okay, we got to switch that screen and we're going <laughs> to – Yes, yes. Yeah. And that, was, that was the biggest – that's a good point. That was the, literally, literally the biggest challenge for me was like, okay, damn, we used to never let them catch that ball. Yeah. So they couldn't, so they couldn't run it. Yeah. And that's a good point. We knew everybody, we knew everybody was going to try to backdoor us. And yeah. you're never going to lose a game giving up back, back cuts no. for 40 minutes. So, but it was just. Um, Mike Krzyzewski used to say about his, uh, his uh, defense, if, if they back cut us, we win. Yes. And yeah, I, just, I felt the same way. I never worried about it. And. Okay, you got one on us. Good. Glad you practice. Glad you spent. Oh no, practice. really? Yeah, we only spent a half hour out in practice. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's um, but no, and it's it's something we're we we we've committed to, and we're we're trying to get this group. You know, you, you know how hard it is, especially with freshmen getting defensive chemistry right and getting guys doing the same thing and not making What's, mistakes. The one good thing you've got is both those freshmen have played at a high level. Yeah. Um, help me out, Adam Miller and Andre Corbello. Yeah, there it is Corbello, and and so they're they're more ready than a normal high school kid sometimes. But it's still a huge having to bring it every day, even for a high level freshman kid. They have no clue. You know, they they probably I said I said to freshmen all the time, you probably practiced hard ten percent of the time, and you right. probably only played hard half the time. Right. Even, even at a high level. There's still half your games you can kind of cruise through and 85, 90% of your practices. Guess how many you get to here? Zero. Yeah. Zero. I mean, ready. You go from playing against guys that aren't playing in college unless they're playing at the rec center in an intramural game to guys that are p- going to be playing in the NBA and professionally. Yeah. And that's a big job. And that's, no. you got you to bring it every day. So even a mid-major college team is like you take a EYBL team or a, a Adidas top team or whatever gauntlet or, a, or an Under Armour one. So you take whoever, name one, and um, I'll name one, the Illinois Wolves, right? Take their last four teams. Yep. Take every good player off those four teams. And you're still mid-major-ish. I mean, they'll have some high-major players. Yep. They'll have some low-major. and some, But you're still not a – you know what I mean – that, yeah. And that's a lot of talent. That's a highly successful AU program. It's just one, you know, Mac Irvin Fire, who we're going to bring on next with Ron Coleman, Chin, um, uh, high level. But still, it's not – it doesn't replicate that, you know, the savviness of the older guys, the physicality, you know, all those things. They're just not ready for it. That's right. So, Coach, we're going to wrap it up here with two things. One, I always like to feature an assistant coach. 
So I'm yep. going to ask uh, Ron Chin Coleman to join us. But first of all, before we get to that, I'm going to I'm going to quiz you. All right. I oh, got geez. you ready. So okay. I got Coach Underwood's favorites. Favorite food. Steak. Steak. How do you like it prepared? Medium rare. Oh, uh, ribeye or? Uh... I'll go, I'll go ribeye, T-bone or filet. Any of those three. Now, t so you must on your filet, you probably put like some, uh, uh, like some blue cheese crumble on there or anything. Absolutely. Like that? Hey, and if you put, if give me, give me the mushrooms oh, on yeah. top. Oh, I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Then that leads into favorite wine. Oh man. I, man, gosh, darn, you can give, me, give me one. We don't, we don't have enough time. Uh, one. Last Diamond, best one you had. Diamond Creek. Diamond Creek. Favorite movie? Caddyshack. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Coach. You passed the test. You passed the test. Congratulations. Hey, here's the worst thing about this year. Here's the worst thing about this year. The Big Ten coaches are not wearing suits this year, so I have no idea what your boy Chin Coleman is going gonna, is gonna to spend all of his time prepping before games on. Folks, uh, I, will, I will tweet when we release this some of the outfits that our next guest has been wearing. I now <laughs> want to introduce the followers of the Mind of Miles to Ronald Chin Coleman. Let's bring him in. All right. Coach Chin, you're in, baby. I'm here, buddy. Ron Coleman. Ronald, <laughs> how are you? Jimmy Boy, what's up, man? I'm good. How are things? Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, one of Coach Underwood's favorite and best assistant coaches of all time. <laughs> Can you just tell me right here in front of the world, who's your most favorite coach of all time? Well, Cur Currently not working. I tell you what, you were my first love. <laughs> <laughs> we but, broke uh, up? Uh, oh, you Woods, married Brad man. Underwood. You were my first love, of course, but uh, old Coach Underwood is my guy, man. You know, I, I got the best of both worlds out of both of you guys. So I hired uh, uh, Coach Chin, um, and uh, at Colorado State, he had been working in the Chicago School District and uh, and working with Mac Urban Fire and with um, uh, one of those high schools in town there, right? Whitney Young. Whitney Young. Yeah, Whitney Young. Yeah. And and so so the first story I got to tell you. Oh and wow! Here we he go. He shows up, and uh, and we're talking to the players, and he wants to be called Ronald Coleman. <laughs> Is that true? That's a fact. That's yeah. a fact. So I said, so this last how how long does this last? You're going to be Ronald Coleman three days. It lasted. It lasted a good four days. Four <laughs> not days. Even a, not even a good. Uh, not even a full week. And, and finally, what happened? I brought you into my office. Yeah, <laughs> and you said. Uh, Cause we were going by Ron for a minute. We were, we were going with it. It we was playing itself out. And then you called me to the office and you said, Chen, <laughs> we can't do it. I'm like, what do you mean, man? I, I, I gotta, I gotta change my, my image and I just gotta be more professional and so on and so forth. He was like, nah, we just can't do it. I was like, why? You said, uh, I think you said, well, if we, if we start calling you Ron, you lose all your street cred. No one will know you <laughs> in the business. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you said to me and so it's kind of hung around like a bad cold that won't go away so i mean you're always coach chin with two ends by the way folks yeah, yeah. Coach chin yeah. with two ends 
Uh, Ron, you're a mainstay in, the, in Chicago. You've helped coach Underwood and all kinds of programs. You've been at Bradley, UIC. You were with me at Colorado State. And you certainly recruit nationally, but you, you are well known. You've opened every door imaginable. I know for me, uh, every high school we could uh, – who, who did we have on campus when I got to Nebraska? We had a couple guys, didn't we? We had everybody. We had, uh, we had Jaleel Okafer. We had, oh, yeah, he was solid. Yeah, we, we had Paul White. We had, uh, I mean, uh, Chris Alexander. We, I mean, Sterling Brown. Remember, we had uh, 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 Josh Cunningham. Kyle Davis. Kyle and, Davis, uh, Josh Cunningham. I mean, we had a crew. And a, a crew. the other wing that went to Dayton. Uh, Josh Cunningham. Well, no, uh, Kendall Brown. Kendall, yeah, uh, Kendall Pollard. Kendall Pollard. Kendall and, Pollard, KP. Yeah. 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 So that's just, guys, that's about six, uh, three NBA guys and about yeah. six league guys that <laughs> yeah. he had in about uh, two months for me uh, yeah. at, uh, at Nebraska. But, Coach Shin, what, what have you found going from grassroots basketball to mid-major basketball to high-major basketball? What have you learned? Um, it's all relative, you know, and, and, and is, it, is it to say to – I guess if I can – uh, it's all relative, but obviously at this level, it, it's the, the between the years part of the game is is obviously heightened. Um, at, at this level, if I can say, dumb gets you beat. Uh, you got to be able to play the, the the cerebral part of the game. You know, on, on the lower level, you sometimes you can get away with being uh, athletic or just being you know talented and 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 being a, a dodo, but your talent will 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 prevail. But at this level, um. It, it, that doesn't cut it. That'd be the total have, package. Absolutely. You, if you don't have the the mental capacity, uh, you're gonna get picked on. Like 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 the guys at this level do a really good job of scouting and trying to find who the dodo is. And so if you're the dodo, and most of the time the dodo is the leading scorer on the team, you know. <laughs> and so what happens is you try to pick on on that person and try to find them. And so uh, I think that the 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 between the ears part of the game is 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 very very significant in terms of the different levels. If dumb gets you beat at this level. You make a mistake at this level, it's a three or it's a basket. You got to be assignment sound. And so guys that, that aren't able to, to keep up with the schematics, they don't play. And then a lot of, a lot of high school coaches and AAU coaches and guys like that, they, they start to wonder why isn't this kid playing at so-and-so and so why isn't this kid playing at so-and-so. So most of the time it's because of those things. It's because of the, the in-between the years part of the game. They can't pick up the plays or pick up the schematics or whatever uh, the discipline of that team is. And that, and, and they don't play those guys because at this level, games are decided by, you know, two possessions or less and, and every possession counts. And so if you're making a ton of mistakes, you're not going to play. There's no doubt about that. Sometimes these guys just don't want to take the time to, they've got the acuity to do it. They just don't take the time to work at it. Coach yeah. Underwood, I just want to bring you in for a second. How have you seen Chin grow and develop over the course of time? Oh, it's, it's, he's made remarkable strides in terms of, uh, you know, I, I think that sometimes because Chen's from, from Chicago, he gets labeled as a recruiter or, or he's just a Chicago guy because he's at, he's at Illinois. Uh, one, hold that, hold up. I'm losing power. I got to plug in. So yep. just stop and we'll, we'll, and then yep. you're going to restart the thought.
We've been having too much fun, boys. That's good. Okay, I'm good. So um, I'll just go three. Uh, you'll, I won't ask the question because there was a good pause for you um, okay. when I asked you. So, so pretend I just asked the, what have you seen over, over the last three years? Three, two, one. Well, I, I think the one thing that Chen's done is, is has, has kind of shed the image that he's just a Chicago guy because he coached the fire. And, and I think everybody wants to assume that, well, he's, the, he's at Illinois, so that's what he's here for. That's, that's false. Uh, he's recruited all over the country. Uh, and, then, and then beyond that, I think he's shed that he's just a recruiter. He's not. He's a really, really good basketball coach and, and uh, you know, heading up our defense and, and uh, uh, has, has grown in, in all aspects. And, you know, I think when you sit on the bench in this league, uh, you're getting an education every single night and that, that's irreplaceable. And, and uh, uh, just to do that uh, has, been, uh, has been remarkable growth. But to see his overall being, I mean, this guy's going to be a head coach much sooner than later uh, if he chooses. And, and that's something that uh, uh, it's not just about recruiting players. He, he's very, very good at that. Uh, but it's about becoming a well-rounded coach and the communication with players and, and the development of guys. And, uh, and it goes just beyond basketball. It goes uh, to off-court stuff as well. Yeah, he's a great connector of young people. But I just want to know what your salary pool is for your assistant coaches because those suits he buys, that's not a discount rack thing. And if you've no, ever seen no. Coach Chin's shoulders, folks, like he's got the widest like – those are custom suits. No, Kevin, Kevin McHale would be proud. <laughs> Kevin McHale would be proud of those shoulders. And you're, you're right. There's nothing – Do you guys shop at the same co- place, Coach? Do you shop at the same place? No. No. I, there's nothing custom. I can't afford that. his suits, but I, I, have a, I have my own guy. I can't afford his suits. No. I mean, dress shirts. To, his socks might be custom. I mean, and, and, and the reality – Tim, I'm like I like I told you. I mean, we're not wearing suits this year. I don't know what this guy's going to spend hours hours on before a game. I mean, your shoe game got to be right. Your shoe game got to be right. Your shoe game this is a big shoe game. You year. did teach me on the shoe game, man. I, I, I got in a fair. Did I not turn you on to the shoe game? Yeah, you did a hey, good job with me. Hey, hey, Tim, and you'll probably remember this at Peach Jam one year. I mean, he's the only guy that could pull off orange pants one day and a white polo and then have the orange shoes on. The next day, flip it. Oh, you know? oh, yeah. and, 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 I mean, there was, there was no doubt. Every, every prospect in the gym knew, knew where, the, where that guy was the coach. Chin was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he is – Coach Chin taught me a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, the first thing he taught me was um, mind right, game right, which I loved. I still use that one all the time. I still say that, huh, Coach? Mind, mind oh, yeah. right, game right. Yep, yep. And and shoe game, right? Now, I didn't quite pay him enough where he had the killer suits. He had good suits. Right. Not like what we're seeing in Big Ten now. Like what we see with that Big Ten money is real, real, real clothing. And, uh, and Chin, if you – like, Coach, I hope you don't work in this hard. I really worked in too hard. You know, I just feel so bad because he was with me a month and he was hospitalized. Did you know that, Coach? I heard that. I yeah. heard that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what, I, what, can you take us down that road, Chin? Like, so, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, 
I was trying to trying to trying to do a good job, obviously, and 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 I was ignoring uh, the pain that I had because uh, obviously it was uh, the first set of recruits that I had coming to campus, and that was uh, Jalen Tate who wound up here, and then obviously again Kendall Pollard who uh, wound up at Dayton and had a, a great uh, career at Dayton, and um, I was feeling this pain for about eleven years, eleven days. I'm sorry, and I was trying to I was trying to uh, you know, fight it off and fight it off and fight it off. And I knew I had those guys coming on uh, that weekend. And so I, I fought through that weekend. And on that Sunday, remember, after practice, they left and got on a plane and came back to Chicago. I drove myself to the, uh, to the hospital. And, geez, uh, unbeknownst to me, I had my uh, appendix burst. And then I had to uh, I had the surgery, obviously, to remove it. And then they had to remove a little bit of my um, – my, my bile and intestine. And then I was in there for 11 days. I was in there for 11 days. That yeah. was scary. Was I mean, I, I hear, I just literally, you had been working for a matter of six weeks. Yeah. Months, yeah. Yeah. Just and, was trying to do a good job and was like trying to gut it out and fight it out and just trying to kill himself. ignore it, and, ignore it and just try to continue to keep working and working and do my so, deal and so, practice. And so the moral of the story is listen, listen to your body don't yeah. be crazy. Yeah. You know, we could have got out of this with just an appendicitis, but uh, <laughs> right. Had I caught it a little earlier, we could have just had the, the bada boom and a bean and, and go, but then I, I didn't, uh, I didn't listen, but I, I, I'm still a little stubborn in that way. Uh, Tim, I've, I've had, I've had back surgery with coach oh. Underwood, kind of, kind of the same thing, you know, just trying to, you know, gut it out, man. And that's, well, you worked really hard. You've done an outstanding job. We love you, don't we, Coach? I mean, absolutely, one, absolutely. One of the most endearing guys of all of college basketball is Chin Coleman. I appreciate you guys coming on the best podcast in all of the world, without question. I'm pretty sure, mostly sure that this is true, and I, I can't. Uh, you guys have just made it even better. I appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for having me, Coach. Miss you, man. Thank always. you. Hey, I hope hope to see you in the studio soon. Someday, back soon. on the side or back on the sideline. Sideline wouldn't kill me either. Take care, fellas. See you guys. Well, Coach, that was a lot of fun for me to do. What would you think? He, he's great. I mean, it's just fun listening to him talk about the program. And, I mean, they're pre-picked to finish third in the uh, in the Big Ten. It's a deep conference again. They say that every year, like like you guys talked about. Yeah. <laughs> every year it's the best ever. You know, I mean, it, it is true, though, that NFL metaphor, so to speak, I think makes sense. Because one, you can you can be highly picked and think we're going to be really good, and and not get it done. And you can also kind of come out of nowhere, just like it happens in the NFL. And it's such a well-resourced league. We we've seen that happen. It's definitely the most scouted. It's I mean I think the comparison you said was the NBA is the only one that scouts more. I believe that. So yeah. uh, I know. In there, you talked about, you know, you asked him what his favorite food was. You know, everybody want, is dying to get inside the mind of Miles. So can you talk <laughs> about your, uh, your, your pizza, just avid pizza love? <laughs> I mean, you always got to have a, a cold Coors Light and a good pizza, and you're happy. So, of course, light's no secret, but the pizza <laughs> now, you know, that's a, that's, that's a little more. Uh, pizza, pasta, steak, and, and potatoes, but you're right on the pizza. So in, in your travels in the Big Ten, what would you say are the best, the top places that you can't miss when you go? Yeah. It's, well, first of all, we have to start right here in stinking Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, <laughs> and and I'm a fan of all pizza. Uh, Lazari's, when they had that downtown location, was good. 
without question. You like Ramos. I know that for a fact. I do. Um, but I'm a Paisano's guy through and through. The, um, the pepperoni Italian sausage with cream cheese. <laughs> you can hear yourself getting fatter. Just your, <laughs> your arteries are just clogging right there. Um, terrific. But a lot of good places in Minneapolis uh, where I've been for, you know, a lot of recruiting and, and in my previous jobs. Uh, but, but I have to kind of go with Cottage Inn Pizza um, in Michigan, Ann Arbor especially, uh, is one of my favorites. It's just really, really good pizza. That is probably my favorite pizza spot in the Big Ten outside of Lincoln. And um, uh, Bloomington has good pizza. Uh, I've been uh, a few different places there. Um, you know, I always kind of put it on the ops guy or the video guy, the younger guys, to scout it out for me. Uh, so we know what's going on, but it, it's, um, uh, you know, you talk about favorite this, favorite that, and um, I agree. How about your favorite pizza? What, do, do, is there anything you liked? We know you're a bagel guy. If anybody knows anything, Brugger's Bagels is your go-to. So, so to, to and bagels about- are awful. They taste awful. There's no taste to them. <laughs> like, like, I mean, they throw a little spice on there and they call it something else. And, but, there, if you want plain bread, have a bagel. That, that you know, my uh, my alter ego, tweeting Greg Eaton, was asking the best Big Ten spot, and I'd probably say Minneapolis for the bagels because there's a Brugger's right across the street from the Graduate. Just, yeah. Total chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, Greg, um, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that when it comes to finding bagels and finding pizzas, you and I are the go-to guys. Folks, this has been, you know, another edition of the, you know, it's not, it's the greatest podcast of all time. Uh, I'm not saying that it's the best ever, but it probably is, should be. And if you know anything about anything, you'll watch this thing right to the bitter end and you'll enjoy it. Subscribe, right? Rate and review. Five-star ratings only. Only accepted. You can't even punch a four. If you do, repunch the five because it won't be recorded. And and as you do this, enjoy inside the mind of Miles. Greg, what's our hat this week before we wrap it up? What do we got going? We got the uh, Connecticut Defenders. They're a, a former Double A team um, in in Connecticut. So there's a submarine base, and their logo used to be a submariner. Nice, nice. The Defenders. I feel. I feel more confident already just going to bed tonight, laying my head on my pillow. Thank you very much. <laughs> Greg, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Folks, next week we'll have a great show. Can't wait to uh, roll it out for you. I'm a little torn on who I'm going to have on, but I got some good plans and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, until next time, uh, thank you for joining us on Inside the Mind of Miles. Mm-hmm.